Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to get a divorce, Jill. You've known it for a long time, but now you have to act. Make a plan to get the kids out of the house and tell Tim. If you need a place to stay, you can crash with Landon. That's right. It's dark work. Bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. As soon as I stepped on the scene, I'm hearing Hoochie's grunting. Why? <laughs> because they love grunt work, the absurdest podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. I'm your host, uh, Landon, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, Solano, joined always by my co-host, ears, eyes, mouth, and nose, Caps. Oh, th- thank you. Is that a commentary in my ears, eyes, mouth, and my nose? Are they very distinctive? Am I like a, Am I like an anime character? My ears and my... Well, I guess anime characters have huge eyes, but their ears are normal, aren't they? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I feel like uh, anime ears are typically dinky, aren't oh, they? Well, because everything looks dinky compared to eyes that big. <laughs> Maybe it's just an optical illusion. I I was at a I was at a Carl's Jr. recently, and they have a lot of promotional materials up for something called Alita Battle Angel. I don't know yes. what it is, but they've they they like decided, hey, you know, CGI that looks almost like a human. <laughs> That's pretty creepy. What if we made their eyes really big, though, like anime? Like, what if we combined Uncanny Valley with eyes that are yeah. too big? I And I wish nothing but, but shame and misfortune on that movie, because it's... <laughs> Not what I want to see when I'm trying to get a thick burger at Carl's Jr. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Robert Rodriguez, but um, you know he's doing a little bit to bring, or he himself is doing a lot to bring uh, Latin American culture into mainstream superhero stuff. So yeah, yeah. While I don't agree uh with the execution of what he does i agree with his intentions if i i didn't even a i didn't know alita battle angel was a robert rodriguez joint and <laughs> b i don't think like i totally welcome bringing uh latin american culture into our shit i just didn't know latin american culture was white girls with massive eyes and like a robot arm looking off my drink cup yeah i don't think she's white she's not no wow okay well you know what i look i guess what i'm trying to say is Alita Battle Angel in theaters now, maybe. I don't know. Go see it. <laughs> Landon, it's good to see you. How are you it's doing? It's good to see you, too. If you couldn't tell, we are both a little bit loopy today, because uh, Truman threw a little shindig last night for his uh, his big old 3-0. It was, my, it was my coming out party. It was my society sort of... Uh, it was my debutante's ball. Uh, what, what can I say? So it was a gala event. Everyone... Showed up in their Sunday best, and we partied until the crack of 8.30 p.m. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was good times, and yeah. as a result, we're, we're all feeling just a little bit fuzzy a right now. A little fuzzy, yeah, absolutely. And then we watched this episode of Home Improvement. That's a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> if, it certainly is. If in the way that, in the way that when, you, when you go into your refrigerator and you pick up that thing of berries that you bought two days ago, and you see that they're all fuzzy, and it's like, <laughs> and like the feelings of revulsion you have, it's that kind of trader joe's produce goes bad so quickly more like traitor joe's because (laughs) you you know i believed in you to sell me something that would last longer than the time it takes to get home i i almost exclusively shop at trader joe's but their produce just goes so quickly every time i get bread there it's just done in a day I, i freeze my bread when i get it from there I, I, you know, and I sometimes do, like, I freeze my bread if it's been more than, like, a week or something, but, like, I will literally, I will bring it home, 
I will make a sandwich. I will put the bread in the cupboard, forgetting to put it in the freezer. The next day, it's already moldy. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of bread and what we do to make our dough, we talk about home improvement here, and we watched an episode this week. Yes. Uh, you want to give us a little synopsis of what that is? I still have questions about if we're actually getting paid for this, because I'm not seeing that. <laughs> and we deserve hazard pay for this one. I do have a synopsis. Of what happens. Please tell us. When Jill tells Tim about a woman who got extensive plastic surgery after her longtime husband divorced her, Tim is unable to hide his enthusiasm for body modification. When Tim uses a strange computer program to modify a picture of Jill to have enormous breasts, Jill is furious at Tim's insensitivity. Wilson explains to Tim that he's being a huge asshole, and Tim apologizes by getting Jill a new dinner table, and then showing a picture of how ugly they'll look when they're both 450 years old. Meanwhile, Mark beats Brad and Randy at a bunch of games, and they have to clean up the basement and attic as a result. Look, guys. <laughs> you love this episode. Was that the official IMDb synopsis? <laughs> yes, it was. And it ends in, look, guys. <laughs> guys, uh, this was really a bad episode of Home Improvement. On the, on the level that makes us the most uncomfortable, which is just like Tim being the worst man and getting laughs for it and mm. getting away with it. And, oh, Oh. I, I'm going to say this was not good in terms of the thematic qualities. It was not as bad as I was dreading. Okay. It's bad. It is bad. But I I really was dreading the the fact that it might be one of these things where the, the show concedes to Tim's mentality. Yeah. But there were a number of moments where... He's taken down a peg, or he's he's given his comeuppance a little bit. Sure, yes. There, I mean, yeah, not cer certainly not enough. Yeah, but it, it, you know, it is like you know the moral of the story is like, yep, Tim was wrong, but the 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 show still like, like he gets the apology that he makes, like he just he gets off the hook so easily. He does, yeah. For just nothing. And it's, it's you know, it's easy to say that, well, it's a 22-minute sitcom episode. Of course, they have to wrap it up in a quick fashion. But, you know, at a certain point when you're dealing with issues like these, uh, like pa plastic surgery, self-esteem, you know, the way that women are viewed, it's a disservice to the topic to wrap it up so quickly. And, you know, I just feel like... I watch a lot of shows that are 22 minutes long, some of them contemporaries with home improvement. A lot of shows use the 22 minutes better. Agreed, I yeah, I'm I would say yes. I'm watching King of the Hill right now, <clears throat> and there are multiple episodes of like season three King of the Hill really in their prime when they would tackle really heavy subjects like death, dealing with, with strife within your family and body image and things like that. They tackle these things in a way that is both funnier than this more kind of respectful to all involved than this and tells a more complete story because they use every minute. Whereas yeah. this show <clears throat> carves out so much time for Tim to do soft pitch jokes on tool time. Yeah. I'm really indicting the entirety <laughs> of home improvement right now. This, this episode just burned me. I, uh, it did. And it, I, I well, note to the listeners, you didn't laugh a single time uh, on the couch watching this episode. I did not. I did not. And there were honestly, there were gaps in the notes because I just stopped taking notes because I was just like, I. part of it's that I, ha I have a little bit of a hangover. Part yeah. of it's that I'm staring death in the face because I'm turning 30. Uh, but I'm just, 
Just this one was uh, some of them are harder than others, folks. Yes. Sometimes this job that we've we've given ourselves is is merciless. <laughs> um, I I will say you know this is certainly bottom rung. Uh, maybe not. I don't know if it's the worst episode of this season, but it definitely was not great. Uh, I, I did not thoroughly enjoy myself. There were a few saving graces. Uh, I think with. You know, the periphery characters, as usual. I think yeah. Wilson is pretty woke in this episode. I think... Wokeson, more like. <laughs> uh, Al has one or two moments that are interesting. And I think Jill, at one point, you know, she really displays the strong, independent, you know, female uh, that needs to, to exist in this sort of episode. And it sucks that you see... You see Patricia Richardson using that and using that like righteous rage that she probably really has about this and the way this is being handled and you see her her very real anger and then you see her like oh tim you got me a new table yeah. all is forgiven crushing then it's like oh god uh it's just like everything that you all your hopes and dreams <laughs> well you want to go into the deep dive of this thing and uh, see what kind of gaps we can fill in your notes i want to i want to first tell you what i think the names of this episode might be okay <laughs> okay <laughs> titles could be designing women Ooh, i like that uh now this one is two words in the same way as like wood shop or metal shop okay photoshop okay uh the breast of all possible worlds <laughs> uh a little candied action for you because i'm pretty sure that's what it's gonna be or turning the tables because tables are kind of a thing okay yeah yeah i i, I could yeah i like that i actually really like that title that's good it took you a yeah. second to realize it did, you did it had because my brain had to decipher the multiple levels of it sure. and once it did i'm like yeah i like that a lot because okay. it uses the subplot uh to comment on the main plot yes exactly um, you gave those titles way more thought than they did oh boy great one more thing to, to hate <laughs> did, i'm gonna start drinking i'm gonna take a big sip of water and that I definitely won't spit out <laughs> if I don't like what this is. Uh, the title is, What You See is What You Get. C minus. <laughs> C minus. I and I like liked, you had the little pinky up as you set down the cup as you were really deliberating over your, your final thoughts. Without manners, Landon, what are we? We are animals. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, you know. I'm not really surprised. Yeah. Uh, with everything else. Let's let's dive into this thing. Um, the sooner we dive in, the sooner we can climb back out and take a shower. <laughs> we start in the garage where uh, the grunt creep has just drank a Red Bull. Yeah, yes. It's given him wings. And uh, he's... He, but not like in the commercial where it seems to be a good thing. These are like, like fly wings. This is like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Help me! Help me! He's flying around. Does that mean that the Grunt Creep uh, secretly in the void is trying to come up with transportation technology? Uh, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's got some... Well, that's probably how the transitions teleport into and out Ooh. of the, the oil drum. Yeah, I never thought about that, did no, you? No, I didn't. No, well, good thing I'm here. <laughs> Every time uh, one of those teleportation devices runs, it the energy causes some sort of rift in 
uh, space time, and that's the transitions that we're seeing. Yeah, it just so happens that people are trying to get places at, at specific points in the plot of the show when there's nothing else to see. If someone wasn't trying to take a trip there, we'd just hang out in the living room where, well, like, Tim is uh, clipping his toenails or something. Oh, wow. So we start with Tim working on the hot rod. He's trying to get the horn to work, uh, and I don't quite understand the methodology that he has Mark standing in front of the hot rod to see if the horn works. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe it's like very directionally based. Why horn. would you put your child in danger of his ear, ear sight? What is the word I'm looking for? Ear sight is definitely a thing. <laughs> Drunk Fraser. <laughs> uh, I think that also, why, why would you honk the horn of your hot rod inside the garage when your <laughs> right. wife is in there doing the laundry? Like that's not good. Test it outside. Yeah. You don't have to be standing anywhere to test the horn. You'll know it will work if you right. hear it. Uh, but, of course, the horn doesn't work. Uh, he has a wire crossed, and instead, when he pushes on the horn, the high beams turn on and blind Mark. Yes. Yeah, the horn is blinding me. <laughs> Which and I think this is the third time on this show that they've blinded Mark. Yeah, they really... Mark is the whipping boy for every... Like, if something... If someone has to be a victim of Tim's antics, it's either uh, it's either Al or Mark. <laughs> and that makes me really want to give credence to the theory that Mark is actually Al's kid. God, that would make sense. He's like Buster Bluth. He is the only one that wears flannel and plaid of yeah. the boys. And he, and, he wore, well, and he also... He had that... He was wearing that, like, bathrobe and those slippers that <laughs> one day. Right. I think... I think he's a he's yeah yeah I think he's an Al son I think that that explains it. So Tim is fucking around with the hot rod and Jill asks him to come into the kitchen and help her uh, making all these cupcakes for the upcoming school carnival. Yeah. And Tim, this is where I real. Uh, so Tim says, "You need to know this about men. We don't make cupcakes, but you said you would. You need to know this about men. We lie. Ha 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 ha. Big laughs. Ha ha ha. Fuck you, Jill. Ha, take that." bitch yeah making cupcakes for your children you know yeah. getting involved in their education yeah men don't do that we make hot rods in the garage <laughs> yeah it is i knew from that moment we were off to a bad start uh that this was going to be a this is what men are and you just have to deal with it sort of episode we we felt I, was it not just last week that we had a good one with yeah. him where we felt good about him yeah. uh it they can never they Always, this happens. We get a little bit of progress, and the show smacks us. In the Why toy with our emotions like that? Uh, instead, you know, instead of doing the, I mean, he just adamantly refuses to help Jill. But what one thing he did get was I don't even know what they're called. They're not cutouts necessarily. Well, she called them like the cardboard cut, but it's like the, oh, she it's, did. Okay. it's the po painting of a person or whatever with the very whole cartoon face. caricature with yeah, yeah the, the face out. has been cut out yeah. so that you can put your face in. You and I did one when we were in Hawaii together. Oh, who could forget? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that's how everyone listening will know what it was it's like you've all seen of course the famous photo of landon and i doing the cardboard cutout thing in Kauai outside that coffee shop uh yeah and so the ones that tim has made for this children's carnival at yeah. school is one super muscly muscle-bound hunk for the boys mm -hmm. and then for the girls is a super thin bikini babe with enormous boobs yeah 
Uh, also, they're both so tall that only an adult can fit the head in there in the first place. <laughs> right. I don't know. You can get some apple boxes. I mean, yeah. if they're going to an elementary school, kids grow in such different rates. I would imagine they would have a few, even just sandbags, if nothing else, on oh. hand. Okay, so so then there is nothing to stop children from pretending to be a woman with enormous breasts and an unrealistically thin waist. Exactly. Great, great, great. I'd be curious what... Um, I mean, clearly those would not fly to, in today's society. I'm no. curious what kind of cardboard cutouts uh, would be put in a school. I mean, I it don't... It would be of, like, cartoon characters, right? Yeah, probably cartoon characters or just, like, you know, ordinary, like, non-sexualized anything. <laughs> it could be... Yeah, probably... I, it would just be, like, an andro... You know, like, uh, all those... The, the ads for Apple products, they always have the androgynous hand. Yeah. It would just be an androgynous body so that... Hey, man, it cuts down on the amount of cutouts you need. You just do one, yes. and anyone can put their face through it. One cutout fits all. <laughs> it just, it's just it's just a body in one of those um, kind of genderless spacesuits from the future. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> with, uh, with like, notable airbrushing around the crotch. So even if it's tight, you can't see what's going on there. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, so he basically pulls these things out, and there's a big lap. Like, she, Jill points out that the woman has only like you only see one of her arms and on the one arm you can see the thumb is on the wrong side and she doesn't even have yeah left arm and i thought she was going to comment on the waist of it i mean because it's like you know yeah like a straw basically and tim just kind of looks down you know past the massive boobs and says oh i couldn't even see she had arms and then we go to the opening credits big laugh big laugh we get a cartoon transition to the theme song and already i'm like i i this is the note that i took okay hit me with it you know the look on the substitute teacher's face when they realize in the first ten minutes that these kids won't be paying attention and the entire <laughs> class period is going to be an awful slog? That's the look I have on my face right now. <laughs> just, oh my god. Guys, this show is this show is killing me right now. Like, in this moment, home improvement is killing me. I hope you're fucking enjoying our little <laughs> podcast. Oh god, guys. What, I mean, imagine it's the 90s. You come home from a hard day at the fat necktie factory. <laughs> you, you come home from a long day of, of listening to the the Lewinsky like congressional hearings or whatever on the radio. And this is long before that, but you come you come home from a long day of voting for Barack Obama in the 90s, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. You come home from a long day of building virtual reality microprocessors and you turn on the TV in the 90s and this is what you have this is what you have to console you at the end of the day before you drag yourself off to sleep. Uh-huh. Oh god, I just I don't know, man. I don't want to get down on home improvements. Yeah. Episodes are better better. This one is not. Well, I'm you know what? I'm going to post something now that yeah. I want I don't want an answer from you yet. Yes. But I want you to start thinking about it. Yes. We'll answer on our super spectacular. Okay. Which is would you suggest to people to watch the show in 2018? Like I said, don't answer now. Think about uh, it. Uh, nah, no, uh, not. Nah, I will hit you with a lawsuit. Uh, God, that's well. I would hate. I wouldn't want that paper cut because those <laughs> tend to be thick. Okay, I'll think about that. I'll think about that. Uh, so after the opening credits, yeah, Brad stares at our souls for the last of hopefully three or four more episodes. They might just use this opening credits for the <laughs> entire series. We've been it's burned possibly. every season. Possible. We think they're going to change it. We cut to uh, the kitchen and. Brad and Randy are playing uh, Game Boy Land style. Like oh, yeah. I, I think I'd only done this once or twice in my life, and it was only 
in the like rarest of uh situations where a friend actually had the cord to connect two Game Boys together. Yeah. Because you had to have the cord, which was sold separately, and you had to have a game that allowed for uh two player battles, which oh, there weren't that many. Yeah, I would imagine that like like that's kinda cause that's kinda high tech for the time mm-hmm. to allow kids to basically make a little land network out of their Game Boys. And this also brings into question for me, I guess maybe now that Jill is out and working, they do have a little more disposable income, but they have two Game Boys. I know, right? And I mean, you have three kids. I suppose it's cheaper to get a Game Boy than Stitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, the, the bloody nutty buddy. Uh, <laughs> Incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they learn from that. They have to get enough of everything. Right. Uh, so Brad and Randy are going head to head. Mark wants to play. They don't want to let him. Yeah, Tim and, Tim and Mark come in after playing catch. Yes. Uh, they got their baseball mitts and... Oh, I didn't even see those. I didn't realize they were engaging in a classical father-son activity. Yeah, it was kind of sweet uh, if we actually saw that scene, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> so he could have just been teaching Mark how to oil his old mitts to keep them fresh and working. Is that how baseball mitts work? I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, no. You have to, you have to oil them up every 3,000 miles or, uh, or 10,000 uh-huh. uh, 10, pitches, whichever comes first. <laughs> so... Uh, to just to set the scene here, uh, Tim suggests, you know, Mark wants to play, as you were saying, uh, and Tim suggests that, uh, if he's going to set up a little wager, if Mark beats you two, Brad and Randy, uh, you, you guys have to go clean the basement. Yeah. And for some reason they agree to that. I don't know why. Um, overconfidence, hubris, (laughs) hubris is why one thing they picked up from their old dad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so they, they choose Randy to be the, the game master to challenge (laughs) Mark. Um, now I want to, this is one thing that has, it's my biggest pet peeve. One of my biggest pet peeves in movies and TV, and it's bad video game sound effects. Oh yeah. Bloop, 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 did they even? Did they at least make sure there were cartridges in? There were there okay. were cartridges. Okay, good. I definitely saw that because they they're not always good about that. No, they're not. Uh, and another thing that's usually accompanying this is people not knowing how to act with a controller in yeah. their hands. They just over animate and just button mash. But you'd also think that these three child actors in the '90s, who are presumably both somewhat well to do yeah and like they probably all have played game boy i know that they have especially mark because after he beats randy which that game lasts way too quick i mean like you could barely start a mission before yeah this game is over that is poor game design if the game can be won that quickly (laughs) um but as soon as he beats him i see mark and he unplugs it uh wraps up or uh, tim wraps up the cord later but he unplugs it and then like knows he just automatically is going to like turn it off and check the cartridge and like you could tell the way he's handling it it's something uh that he does often anyway uh, so once mark wins he sends brad and randy off to go clean the basement and this is where jill comes home i I just want to say i kind of hope that this scene would end with the beat where it reveals that like tim has hacked the game or something (laughs) like that he basically hustled his boys into uh into cleaning the basement that does not happen but i would have that would have been funny i would see that would be how the uh super nintendo game would come to be like he more powers up the video game console and then like just like that john ritter film stay tuned they get sucked into the video game exactly exactly yeah (laughs) and then you have to play in order to get them out yeah but would I? Would I? <laughs> I mean, does it now sound more satisfactory to get that Super Nintendo game just to start a level to watch Tim die over and over and over again? Yeah, that would be the thing. I'd never get past level one, stage one. I'd just keep getting hit by those flying hammers over and over. 
Oh, um, so Jill comes home very sullen. This is where she has the the surgery research, and she's very disconcerted by it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's like she said. I just read the the saddest, most depressing story, and talks about how this woman, you know, she I guess she'd been with her husband for a long time. They'd had four kids, and then he left her, and because she wasn't good looking enough for him, and so she'd gotten full plastic surgery on her entire body a whole new body yeah and she's so just sad and and depressed about this i mean like that a woman would do that to herself uh the, that a woman could have such so so little self-esteem that she would do this to herself just to please her husband and try to get him back and then and then tim says looking at the looking at the magazine he says oh that's awful yeah and jill says thank you tim and he says yeah if she just gotten the surgery a little sooner maybe she could have saved her marriage we need to start looping in actual laugh tracks to our i i prefer my kind of tommy why so laugh it's it was bad and then it goes worse somehow he the the scene goes on to play that uh tim essentially suggests that he isn't that most men aren't as forgiving as he is, because uh, he's still with Jill, even though she's let herself go. He says something like, yeah, women tend to let themselves go after they've had a few kids, and not every guy is as forgiving as I am. Like, if you said this today, you would be run out of town on a rail, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then like, the worst guys on the internet would all go like, man, it's bullshit that you can't say stuff like this these right. days. Like, that, that's really what it is. And... Even at the time, so okay, let's let's just crack this open for yeah, a man. second. Yeah, man. Let's make some omelets. For the first th- first thing I want to address is that the conversation they're having is even in the social consciousness in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. Social or uh, cosmetic surgery was just like becoming a fad at that time. Yeah. So I don't think there's a lot of experience and intelligence going into the conversations being had about it yeah yeah. so this is very much an issue episode of the capital i yeah and for that reason i can kind of i i don't forgive it yeah but i can i can at least contextualize it in a way that makes me understand the position that they were coming from and how they addressed it yeah um i don't think that they quite realized how commingled the whole idea of toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and all that sort of stuff was in conjunction with cosmetic surgery and body modification and low self-esteem and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So it ends up becoming a very uncouth episode yeah, because they're kind of tone deaf, but I don't think that they even had the, the baseline to know what the tone was. Like I understand that. And I mean, and again, I understand that is in many of these cases, like they're setting Tim up to be the bad guy here. Tim isn't supposed to be, you know, Tim is supposed to be wrong, and everyone mm-hmm. learns from Tim's wrongness, but it's they get so many laughs and so many dunks yeah. off of Tim joking about this, and so much laughter at Tim suggest, you know, talking about how, his, you know, telling his wife that she should spend all this money and yeah. injure herself in order to become more appealing to him. And the audience laughs, and it's like affirmed. Is like, ha ha ha, this isn't okay, but it's funny. Well, and that was going to be my second point. I'm glad you brought that up. Which is, where exactly is the line drawn between what we, the viewers of Home Improvement, are supposed to take as a joke of, like, okay, we are supposed to laugh at that, versus where Tim is, like, 
uh, we're supposed to laugh at Tim's ignorance of it. Yeah. I feel like that is the the core problem with the show a lot of the times is like they don't make that very clear a lot of the time is we're laughing at what tim is saying not at the implications of what he's saying i think it's it's in the same it is sort of the same problem that i have with family guy a lot where it's you know seth MacFarlane certainly presents himself as a very liberal progressive person and he kind of makes the case that the show is you know, but then he has this show that is very openly misogynistic and traffics in racist humor and and really dark negative stuff that, you know, and he says that it's supposed to be satire or that it's supposed to be mocking yeah. this or it has a better message. But and I is, and I truly believe that nothing is sacred. I think you yeah. should be able to joke about almost anything, but it has yes. you can't be tone deaf about it. And, and that's the thing. And I think that's what what Family Guy is, is that so often it's like. They, they kind of say that they're doing that, but really they're just in it to make the jokes about this stuff. And then the the millions of guys who watch that show and then take those jokes and those, yeah. you know, as, as like, oh, this is okay. This is right. something we can laugh about and joke about and these things. Like, it's counterproductive to what they think they're doing right. And I think Home Improvement is the same. Yeah, because it's so easy to go, to make a joke and then just say, you can't take it seriously, it was a joke. Yeah. and But I think there is a huge difference between something like Family Guy and South Park, where South Park doesn't have to hide behind the, it's all a joke argument. I mean, yeah. they make their, their very intelligent points. Yes. Um, very clearly and through, and almost are able to go sillier with it because they don't have to hide behind the arguments. Yeah. I mean, we know what we're getting in terms of commentary out yeah. of South Park. Yeah. Whereas when you start to have to decipher the meaning from a joke, then I feel like it's just, if nothing else, just a bad, <laughs> badly constructed joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I don't even... I don't like the point that South Park is trying to make a lot of the time. I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't really agree with a lot of their takes, but at least they are trying to have a take. Yeah. Whereas this show is basically just, hey guys, body image concerns are a thing. As a result, here's Tim making a bunch of jokes that directly reinforce body image concerns. Yeah. And then he gets his wife a new dinner table, so it's all okay. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's this whole thing of like, if anything if nothing can be held sacred and anything can be made fun of, then you get comedians who will take to those topics because they're taboo without really applying a certain uh, care to them. Yeah. And then they just hide behind it after the fact by saying, you know, it's all it's all a joke. You know, how are we going to address these things if we don't talk about them? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just kind of beating a dead horse here. But well, this episode is a it is like a dead horse. <laughs> It stinks. <laughs> anyway, we we go from this scene to tool time. Yes, where uh, they are refinishing tables. Yeah, uh, and Tim introduces Al as table for one Borland, and then Al reminds Tim that he's seeing someone, and then Tim says, "Right, table for two Borland, unless you're there with your mother, in which case it's a table for seven. Hey, 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 hey. And he goes, "Where's the salad bar?" Mur. Wow, just. Like, and I gotta say, I gotta hand it to Tim, at least he's consistent. Like, he's not, <laughs> he's not only being terrible to the yeah. the woman who married him and bore him three children and shares a home with him. He's also 
you know, that same level of vitriol for the guy who co-hosts his show and is nominally a friend. Oh, and you know what, listeners? Uh, thank you so much for sticking with us through these dark times. Uh, I know it can't always be super <laughs> entertaining to listen to two people suffering through uh, some of this drudge, but, um, you know, we're all in this together, and it, it, hopefully we'll come out better people for this it. This is a true drudge report. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't take any notes about this segment okay. out of protest, honestly, okay, and out of fun. just being being dead. So I look forward to finding out what happened. <laughs> well, for one thing, there was an Al lookalike in the audience uh, oh, really? at the beginning of this uh, scene, and I'm like, oh, is the Al fan club back? It's a true Al pal. It, uh, it was not, though. But oh, it, it could still quite well have been an Al pal. And you know what? That, I'm going to make that canon. That could have been the most deranged and devoted Al pal, a potential <laughs> Al-sassin. Oh, my goodness. Um, so what they're doing doing here is they are trying to determine they've got a, a couple of tables set up yeah they're trying to determine uh the type of wood of the table so that they know what kind of uh stripper to use to take the paint off them so that they can doll them back up now landon yeah when al said the word stripper did you <laughs> maybe see a joke coming from tim <laughs> referring to a activity or something like that uh i mean would you ever leave it to tim to leave a low-hanging joke uh on the on the table i'm uh, not even on the table tim tim will take jokes out of a dumpster he will he will go he will he's george costanza with a half-eaten donut yeah yeah he sees that eclair sitting on top of a magazine he's just gonna dive in there and and eat it up uh so i don't even need to tell there's just a joke about stripping yeah. and strippers let's not even and buy it. al gets you know rightly kind of miffed about tim taking this in stupid directions again and then like just to add insult to inju injury i don't even fully understand what the purpose of this was but al gets a little miffed he, he does the duties you know he does his job <laughs> and <Duties>. then <laughs> This is what happens when you don't take notes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I just like, oh, he said duty. Time to time to go to work. Um, so then he just kind of poo-poos uh, <laughs> Tim away. Yes, Landon. Yes. <laughs> yes. We are making this episode better. Um, but then as Al moves to the next table, moves Tim, his bowels. <laughs> Tim does this weird little crab dance behind him for no fucking reason. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we had to rewind and look back at it like. Alan's walking over, and Tim is just sort of loping back and forth, like twisting and shaking his arms around, just really trying to take Al down a peg for no reason. He he's like, as as Al is moving, Tim realizes, oh shit, Al's in front of me. That means the audience is likely paying attention to him instead of me. Yeah, what do? Hi yeah yeah. Um, and so uh, then they move over to uh, an unfinished table, and that they're gonna sand. Al tries to do like, oh, you got to use a palm sander. Tim's like, no, you can use this. Bring out my uh super sander and heidi brings out this gigantic thing that looks like a, a gag that we've seen both in season one and two where he's gonna sand a table um and then he does and he, we get like a roadrunner like he overpowers it and he, we get like a roadrunner size hole in the table yeah and the whole joke to all of these is that al for some reason has put all of these tables on his personal credit card and tim is continually making a joke that he has not yet reimbursed him for it. Well, like, but also doesn't he say, like, I got these tables at a garage sale for $3 and you still haven't reimbursed me? I didn't catch the actual amount. I, but... I thought the joke was that it was such a small amount, but that he was still 
uh, but that that Al was still wanting it reimbursed. But it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the joke instead was like, "Haha, Al lost money because of this." Al who makes okay, less well, than may, Tim. Maybe that. I, you know what? I'm just gonna hope that it was that. That it's a little. It's more of the writers making Al out to be a cheapskate than Tim being an asshole for not reimbursing him. But Landon, the one thing this show does is it takes hope and it destroys it. <laughs> And then the only way crashes that, through the you, fourth wall and and takes your hope from you. <laughs> and the only way the only way you get it back is if we do a show where or a podcast where we review the TV series Raising Hope and have to get it all back, which was a pretty good show. I know what? I love time. Cloris Leachman, so I I, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I would love uh, love to dig she, dig in. She is a delight in the four to six episodes of it that I watched with my parents when I was in college. How about that? By Greg Garcia, creator of My Name is Earl. <laughs> uh, so we go from this Tool Time episode after Tim fucks up the table to the garage where, uh, did I say the garage? I meant the basement. Well, it goes, <laughs> but the transition, the one thing I have, the transition from this scene goes into a garbage can in the garage. <laughs> in the where, basement. Where you belong. Basement garbage can. Yeah. That's uh, right. That was, you audibly said that on the couch. Like, yeah. that's where that scene belongs. Yes. I just... Because I did not, ta- I like, I, I gave up taking notes and was just like, fine, throw it away. <laughs> so yeah, they're downstairs, Randy and Brad are getting cleaned up, and they uh, have stumbled upon a stack of Hot Rod magazines, yeah. and are looking at the ladies in that were like, Brad is looking at it like, oh wow, look at look at this girl. Yeah. Takes it over to Randy, yeah. who is a 12 year old boy, right? and Randy says, who washes a car in a bikini and high heels? And I'm just like, oh Randy. <laughs> You know, I never, I just want to say that when I was his age and I would see an image like that, which would quite frequently put a woman in a bikini in a, mm-hmm. in a circumstance where no woman uh-huh. really is getting, like, like a bikini is not the, the thing you should be wearing for whatever it is you're doing <laughs> at that point. Yeah. I would never really consider the logistics of it is the thing. I would be, <laughs> I would be more like, uh-huh. like I would immediately meet it on its level. I wouldn't, it's just, I like, I would suspend my disbelief right away and be like, okay, you know what? I'm on your level. Let's just appreciate this for what it is. Woman in a bikini. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, you know what? Let's go into the, cause I have a note later on. Actually, let's, let's go through a few of the things in the scene, but this circle back to this point okay. in a second. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm always game to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Well, so I just want to point out to uh, a few things in the basement that I noticed. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. He still has the big bin of jet fuel. Yes. Uh, I still. guess to power his uh, lawnmower. Yeah. And uh, other jet engine inventions that he's created. Mm. Did you notice the... Um, I, I want to know if it's an art piece or not. The massive socket with more power written yes. beneath it? I, I mean, clearly it's not... There's no socket that's that big for any purpose unless tim built one to give more power to something i like to think that he plugs the house into that and that's what makes the rotors go that that he needs that for all his christmas decorations yeah Yeah, exactly for the for the end of the theme credits where it's raising up out of it takes it's the reason it doesn't fly very far is because that it's plugged into something in the basement got it it's it's on a leash yeah yeah (laughs) um so, okay, let's go into a little bit. So Tim comes down, we get uh, the patented clunk of his head hitting the the uh, pipe as he's walking down the stairs, mm. um, which, you know, any any just little minor <laughs> injury to Tim kind of just soothes my soul any, a little bit. Any pain that Tim can feel. 
<laughs> and so there he catches Brad and Randy going through the the magazines and Brad's like, oh, we needed a babe break. Uh, and like th- this is an opportunity for Tim to step in and course correct his kids mentality, I think. And I don't believe he really does, but um, he he kind of chastises them for that. And he, But he says the line, which I thought was might have been a good turn for the episode he says i've got all the babe i need upstairs yes it's like okay all right all right Uh, yeah i'm like okay great but then he pulls out a a old photo of jill and hands it to brad now this is (laughs) this takes such a weird turn in an episode that is nothing but weird turns this is okay so he hands this old picture of jill to brad without telling her who it is telling him who it is in the photo and brad goes whoa what a babe stop saying babe they're and saying babe too much. Tim goes, that's your mom. And uh, Brad gets a little stomach ache. And, and, and he, he gouges out his eyes like Oedipus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my note. Is like Tim is like, for his own amusement, creating an Oedipus complex in Brad. It, it reminded me of like, I don't know if you ever had this experience as a kid, but uh, at like, you know, 10 or 7, somewhere in the like that prepubescent age yeah. where an uncle or a grandfather hands you a sip of beer for the first time and they just like, they hand it to you and they have this like smug look on their face as they're waiting for your reaction to it. Uh, that's what this moment felt like to me. I, You know, I, I, I wasn't from the sort of family where I had one of those uncles, uh, but I have seen that moment on TV and I understand <laughs> the emotional beat of like, hey, try this adult thing, kid. Oh, yeah, you don't like it. Yeah. Or, yeah, like that. But it's even more fucked up because it's a sexy picture of his mom. It, it's it's like, hey, hey, oldest boy entering puberty, <laughs> having weird sexual thoughts, already yeah. horny from the magazine. Why not get horny for this babe who's who I'm fucking? Yeah, <laughs> what's up, Alpha? <laughs> dog it's yeah it's weird it is it is weird and also the picture of patricia richardson that they use because it's a young mm-hmm. patricia richard like they, they, unlike a lot of them they actually give you an insert of this yeah. it's like a black and white probably one of her headshots from early in her acting career one of her glamour shots of her in some doorway looking mm-hmm. looking i mean she looks good but also i think we've agreed patricia richardson is a total babe like always Quit using the term babe ah di- well okay it's different <laughs> It's different when I'm when I'm saying it about Patricia Richardson. Yeah, that's how it works. Sure. <laughs> I think that there is enough layers of irony in our use of it that we know what the connotations of the word babe is and that to us babe means the whole package. That yes. Much intelligent, like, strong, independent, yeah, sexy because of all of these reasons, babe. Yes. Not just Buxom blonde. Yeah. Well, when we say babe, we mean like the movie Babe. It's the whole package. It's got some laughs. It's got some <laughs> heartfelt moments. There's some excitement. You want to cry. You want to smile. Get nominated for Best Picture, I think. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So she's like the she's like an Academy Award winning nominated whatever heartwarming movie. That's what we're saying when we say Patricia Richardson's a babe. Side note: uh, I was in a I was an extra in a film once. Um, and all of my scenes are behind James Cromwell. <gasps> wow. So I share a frame with James Cromwell. James Cromwell, if I recall, is extremely tall. So that must be a tough guy to be stuck behind. Uh, I was in a stadium. Oh, So okay, I was okay. like on high risers behind him. <laughs> I mean, I am blurry and an ant in the screen, but you, but can, you can see it. You can see my face. It counts. It. it counts, man. Yeah. And it had, I, I feel like 
the the kind of inherent tension between your acting style and James Cromwell's <laughs> acting style. So many times we reference the scene, the one scene in Heat where De Niro and Pacino are at the same <laughs> table. It's kind of kind of your deal. Are you comparing me to Pacino or to De Niro? I, I guess you want me to say De Niro when you met, like was that face supposed to be you like doing oh, no. De Niro? No, no, okay. I, you'll know when I'm doing De Niro. <laughs> wow, that was int- I just got goosebumps <laughs> when I do De Niro. You'll know it. <laughs> well, in case you're wondering, Landon, yeah. I am talking to you. So okay, great. Um, and you are the king of comedy. <laughs> and one day you will be a dirty grandpa. <laughs> I can only hope I can live that long. Um. Well, and if something should happen to you before then, it will be a righteous kill. <laughs> okay, that, that's all I've got. Oh, good, because I am done analyzing that. Um, <laughs> we go, we get a uh, paint transition to the dining room uh, where uh, Sherry, uh, Sherry Hussey's back. I, yes. Eileen is here talking to Jill. Um, they have the cardboard cutout. Uh of the the blonde woman um, propped up in the living room, or the dining room. Yeah. And they're both kind of taking their turns, putting their face through it. Uh, there's a line of cupcakes on the... the <laughs> they're just doing, doing lines of cupcakes. <laughs> I, Given the, if there was a sprinkles closer to me, uh, I guarantee I would be doing that. Just right off the glass coffee table, <laughs> yes. cutting them with a credit card. Exactly. Uh, so I'm, I was a little curious, like... Why? So this these are big cutouts. So they had it probably took both of them to move this into the living room. Mm -hmm. To what purpose? Just to kind of look at it, put their heads behind it, talk to each other around it. It, I was curious as to what their greater point was of having this in here. I'll I'll give you the scene before. Okay. You know this is often what they do in acting is like, what did you do right before you stepped into this scene? Okay. Okay. To me, this the the scene right before this was Eileen came over. Jill started talking about Tim's uh, ineptitude in regards to women's bodies and body image and goes, I got to show you this thing that uh, he put together that he Uh, painted. Hold on one second. And then walked into the garage, picked it up and and brought it into the. (laughs) Dragging it across the hardwood. I thought that was the forklift. That she was using to bring it in. No, 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 no. Just her dragging it. Just painstakingly. Just hold on, Eileen. Don't get up. Don't get up. I'm fine. Actually, come on, Eileen. Help me. Come on, Eileen. Um, we <laughs> get this conversation between the two of them where uh, they're talking about the surgery. And this is where we see for the first time Jill has computer software that can transpose your a, a, an image of you into this screen. I mean, this is like way pre-Photoshop stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is like, you know, I watch a lot of Unsolved Mysteries. You, He does, guys. <laughs> He's not bullshitting you. He watches so much of this show. And they often have, you know, police sketches and computer renditions of how someone would look when they're older. Um, this show is in 1994, where the year. And the technology they use on Unsolved Mysteries is pretty sophisticated and it's nowhere near the sophistication of this uh, body modification software. Well, because it's like it, the, the, the computer they have is hooked up to their TV, which is unlike any of the other computers we've seen in the Taylor house. Yeah. And it looks kind of like Photoshop. It's like Protoshop, if you will. <laughs> uh, but they, but also Jill, when she's showing it to Eileen, she's already got a picture of herself, like a full yeah. body picture of her in there. I'm guessing, um, I mean, she says she's doing research for this for the magazine, so my guess is, like, a good investigative journalist 
she's going full tilt and like once she got the software she had the engineers take the necessary photo of her um to put into the computer i don't know how she eventually gets one of tim but um i digress i i feel like the 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 you know system is something like yeah take a take a full body polaroid of yourself send it into our po box in six to eight weeks we will send you the 248 floppy disks with the program on it with your <laughs> picture scanned in i mean this thing does run yeah. off of a floppy disk let's not forget uh, yeah well we don't know that necessarily uh, the file of her could just be on the floppy disk the software itself could be running off the computer okay that's fair i i read i jumped to conclusions <laughs> uh so anyway she is showing this to uh to eileen and how oh yeah you can you know push these buttons to change anything about yourself your lips your hips whatever and she is adjusting her boobs and making them really big when tim walks in and goes oh wow yeah (laughs) those are his exact lines just uh just like just a kind of a stream of like yeah no chill whatsoever yeah yep this is great well that's the line he actually says when he walks in and sees that she's thinner waist and really pumped up her boobs is wow and when he's called on the wow he turns it into oh no i meant uh general wow like the famous chinese emperor uh general wow um and that's how he gets out of that one <laughs> yeah well he doesn't really get out i don't think jill no, buys that yeah no that's how he tries to get out of that one yeah uh yeah so jill is is upset about this tim sees that jill is upset and thinks you know how i'll make this better is i will start playing with the program yeah and make her boobs even bigger and cue Eileen to go, okay, I sense the rising tension. I'm going to peace out of here. It just like leaves an Eileen-shaped hole in the wall <laughs> running running out the door. Uh, yeah, and so... And, uh, well, I do want to point out, when yeah. you said that, you know, Jill gets upset. Like, this is she's this is a, a moment of genuine, like, I, I'm very concerned about this. This isn't like giving Tim shit or like, yeah, come yeah. on, Tim, don't do... She's like, no, this is serious. This yeah. is... People lives are ruined by this sort of thing. Jill is act, you know, she is, you know, using her acting ability. Patricia Richardson is acting and you, you know, it's not like funny, angry. It's like upset. Actually hurt. Your wife is hurt by what you're doing. Right. Acting. And Tim's response is to blow up her boobs a bunch and say, how to make your butt smaller. (laughs) Now I know why they call the boob tube. Uh... And, all of this goes after Jill explains to him all of the, the ramifications of self-esteem. And, like, you realize that there are people out there that that feel so poorly about themselves that they choose to do this. And yes. spend so much money to yeah. do it. Uh, and Tim goes, that is horrible. I'm sorry. How do you how do you adjust your butt? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. So she gets mad and he, he says, well, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, we get a computer, like, Microsoft Paint operating system yeah. transition. Well, like, I, be- before we transition out, unless you had something to say no, on that. No, 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 I didn't. I, I do want to say that, like, putting myself in Jill's shoes, I know my own triggers. Yeah. And, like, if I was making a point and Tim or someone I was talking to was being an asshole about it, and then I got, you know, rightly upset about it and, like, walked off or had a reaction, and then they presumed... To know what I wanted out of that, him saying, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch. That would drive me even more mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Like, he is. He digs such a deep hole knowingly. Yeah. Like, walking into, walking into this hole. Ugh. 
and then Jill has so the next thing we get is back in the dining or living room and Jill has put in a picture of Tim yeah. uh, to the program where she tries to make a point and is showing like here Tim come over sit down I want to show you something yeah this I got I put you in the computer why don't you make the version of you that you think is the ideal version that I want and so Tim you know buffs literally this is <laughs> this is a perfect example I think of toxic masculinity and how men see masculinity especially from the 90s where it's like it's not full body wellness and health and everything it's literally just gigantic arms yeah he does nothing nothing else to his body except do the biceps yeah it doesn't make it to a cartoon character level uh, yeah to the point that he looks like the the dude the like the muscle-bound hunk in the cutout that they did like rob leefield drew him yeah yeah or or like he's or like he's uh in a men's bodybuilding magazine that has a large circulation among gay men uh (laughs) so he he shows her this and jill says no let me show you my ideal tim and then she undoes basically all of it to like the normal tim yeah and she says to him, look, Tim, you know, Tim can't believe it. And she says, look, it's you that I find sexy. And whatever changes you go through, I'm going to find those sexy, too. Even if you so and she, she makes that point. And yeah. I'm like, Jill, you're so sweet. And that's really wonderful. And that's a good message. And she says, even if you look like this or this or this and like fat Tim, bald Tim, all these ugly looking Tims that are getting laughed at and ridiculed. And then that kind of undercuts the a whole little message bit, yeah. of like inner beauty. And, and this is all superficial yeah. when you are laughing at and ridiculing other body types that you yes. deem unattractive. Again, I mean, <sighs> it's the nineties. It is like, the, there weren't a lot of spotlights on these issues. Uh, these, these kind of micro issues uh, at the time. And I wouldn't, I, <laughs> I'm already regretting calling them micro issues. I mean, they're all big issues, but yeah. they were just, you know, there were so many other big things that hadn't been addressed yet that those doors hadn't been kicked open yet. Yeah. Um, but I completely agree with you. And I actually, I had the same reaction where I'm like, oh, Jill, your your advice of like seeing Tim sexy through all this changes is very sweet. A little naive, I think, uh, you know, if, if that is true to your core, then like you're the you know, everybody needs to strive to get a Jill. Yeah. Like that's, well, everybody does, honestly. (laughs) Um, but you know, every, I think that's also just undercutting the, the difficulties and the, 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 you know, changes that the activeness that you have to do every day to wake up next to somebody and say, you know, okay, I'm going to make a choice to make this work with them today and, you know, find the positivity. I mean, there is a realistic, nature to it you're not just gonna wake up and go oh man i find this fat slob uh <laughs> sexy yeah. you know i say that as a fat slob like <laughs> i don't expect somebody to find me sexy every day i kind of you know to me i feel like i have to take that on myself a little bit and like prove you know like i have to do something i can't just assume that somebody's going to find me sexy i have to live that that lifestyle and and what about the idea the thing is that tim like if tim looked like that it like like the the fat slob version of tim quote unquote if he looked that way he wouldn't get away with any of this he, like <laughs> if true, tim yeah. acted the way that he did but but looked like that so, you know he wouldn't be able to get away with it yeah, so right. i i you know so to say i would still love you if you looked like this that would suggest that hopefully he's had a huge change in the way he treats people. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
my other note for this was as she's extending his stomach and uh, giving him gray hair and everything, yeah. I was like, hmm, is this all prepped for the Santa Claus yeah. that's coming out later this year? <laughs> These were actually the promotional uh, uh, teaser images or, or something like that. Or this is on <laughs> what gave them the idea. It's like, yeah. you could be Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and so Tim gets this message supposedly and tells her how, how, oh, I love you the way you are. And I just want you to look like this. And I think you're sexy, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, great. Episode ending. And then Tim goes, Hey, but what the heck? Just out of curiosity, how much would it cost just out the door to get you the whole body overhaul? God. And Jill gets angry again. And Tim goes, maybe I'll just sleep down here forever. And then just kind of face plants into the pillows as though it's like, I can't do anything right. Oh, man, how did this happen? You're literally not trying to do anything right. You are actively trying to do the exact opposite and hoping you're going to get away with it. Yeah. Um, and that's where we get the blanket transition to the Wilson scene where he's smoking a Alaskan salmon. Yes. And, uh, you know, Wilson explains to, you know, Tim Tim explains how he stepped in it yet again. Yeah. And, and all of this. I, I blew... Jill's breasts up like hot air balloons and she got all mad at me and <laughs> and Wilson actually has one of my favorite lines of the episode where he goes well I think you finally found a problem outside my realm of expertise <laughs> it's true it's true don't know what don't know like there's no yeah. advice to fix that and, uh, yeah then Tim goes on to concretely explain that he has this program that you know shows what you'll look like with body modification and uh suggests that you know maybe Jill could you know do for some and will wilson goes whoa major faux pas uh which i thought was uh interesting yes yes doesn't take a next door genius to see that was a major faux pas <laughs> uh and, well of course that that cues tim to make another um how i met your mother type of joke and goes major faux pas is he related to general wow oh god but i'm bump but i'm bump uh then wilson just goes on to explain do you have the advice from the naked ape uh not not specific i don't have the specific thing that he said i have the the general gist of it the general gist who was an ally of general (laughs) wow um it's that men are like do you have the actual text of it uh men are like apes instinctively drawn to young women to propagate the species yes essentially so men are just bred to be pervs, yeah. and that's just how it's going to be. And you have to learn – this is a, a quote from his as well. You have to learn to understand your instincts as a man. I added that. Uh, <laughs> and then you won't be able – or and then you won't be on the hook in the first place. Yeah. Which I think is also a very, very keen advice to live by. Yes, I, I think so. I mean it's – you know, there it's it's one thing to be attracted to all that. I mean I've got – you know, that's that's one thing, but then to – it's then to, like, give voice to that and act like that's the thing that you're just able to yeah. talk about and that everyone should be down with it. Well, the, yeah, exactly. I think the the reality here is a very sad truth, which is to understand your instincts. Basically, what he's telling Tim is, like, you have to understand that your words affect people. What you say is interpreted by other people, and they have feelings that might get hurt. Yeah. So understand that what you say has an effect on others. Yeah. And, you know, I just assume people uh, know that, but maybe that's an elitist point of view to take. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, Wilson knows it, and this episode's been out there for a while. I don't know how people haven't picked up the, the moral by now. <laughs> uh, do you have anything more for this scene? No. I mean, Tim just goes... I mean, this is just one of the ones that ends with Tim just going like, oh, yeah, oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I do want to bring up the grunts here. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? No, let's save it. We'll, we'll put it back in its rightful place. Okay. 
Transition to tool time. Yeah, where it's tables. Again. <laughs> More tables. Yeah, I don't quite get why they're doing two table episodes in a row. Like, what are they going to teach them about this new table refurnishing? Refurnishing? Re- that, refurnishing? Refurb- I refurbish? think uh, refurbishing is the Something like that. Term. Something on there. I, yeah, I, yeah, well... <laughs> Whether they're refurnishing it or refurbishing it, I think you. I think Tim refurbishes the table and then refurnishes his dining room with it. I think all of the programming of Tool Time is built around trying to keep Tim's marriage together. So yeah. they just they will do they will do a thousand segments on hardwood floors if that's what it takes <laughs> to keep Jill from from going and staying at her mom's place. You know, I did find it interesting though as we went into this episode of Tool Time. Um, that Tim hasn't quite used uh, his personal soapbox in a while. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that was the season one thing. I don't, I, maybe a little bit in season two, but really we haven't seen it at all this season. Yeah, um, and if we do, it's mostly in metaphor. Yeah, and notably, I mean, this time he does use it, and it doesn't play out the way that it normally does. Yeah, I mean, so you know, Al explains how oh, we're going to restore this old table and 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 make it like new and. Tim, oh my god, this is this is one of the traits of Tim's I hate the most. Yeah. Where he, once he learns the lesson, he then treats everybody else like no one else knows the real answer. You know, like... And he shames them for yeah, not exactly. being enlightened. So when uh, Al displays this new table um, and says, okay, we're going to do this, you know, right this time. We're going to sand this properly. Uh, Tim says, you know what? Al, you're superficial. Yeah. And, and, well, Al gives uh, one of my second favorite lines, our reactions to this episode. He goes, what? You're superficial. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, comes out of nowhere. And, you know, yeah. And and Tim says, only on the outside. (laughs) Um, but Tim goes into this, you know, kind of metaphorical thing of like, you know, I think this table is great. The way it is, uh, we just, you know, need to treat it a little bit better. So instead of sanding it down and, and stripping it and and putting um, the finishing coating on it, why don't we just pour some oil on it and and rub it in and really appreciate it for what it is? Well, well first Tim says, this, this table is perfect as it is. And Al says, so our project today is to stare at this table <laughs> and appreciate it. <laughs> Al saving the day. Oh my god! Uh, but no, Tim wants to instead rub oil all over things he appreciates. I'm shocked this episode doesn't end with him pulling out a bottle of massage oil and, with, and, with with Jill. With Jill. Yeah, yeah, that's you know that's exactly what my note was. I'm like, I feel like these metaphors are getting a little mixed at mm. a certain point. Like, yeah. is this what he's proposing to do with Jill? Like, okay, I've been a fucking asshole this whole episode. Uh, if I just rub some oil on her. All will be well. That ought to do it. That ought to do it. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, we get a uh, shimmy wipe transition to the dining room uh, where Mark is playing Randy at chess. Yes. And beating him. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're really trying to go with the whole Mark is good at games thing. I, think. I love this idea that he's like an emerging savant. Yeah. Yeah. That he is good at one thing, and that is Game Boy. Just games in general. He yeah. He's the game master. <laughs> <laughs> uh he is the wizard <laughs> yes yes uh so he beats he's beat both brad and randy at mm-hmm. chess and then he challenges tim when tim walks in yeah and tim goes you don't want to challenge your dad to a game of chess <laughs> and he goes why not and he goes because i don't know how to play <laughs> that uh, was funny that was funny. I give that, that an official f for funny 
Um, and Randy and Brad's uh, penance for losing is that they have to go clean the attic. And this is the first time we've heard that the house has an attic. Just more and more rooms and wings and, and special spots. Uh, for lots of sexy time activities. Yes. A.K.A. mattress crimes. <laughs> um, all, all the cleaning that they're doing, they have to have like rubber gloves and, like, the, and like that bubblegum Bio, smelling. Biohazard uh, suits. And yeah, yeah. The small controlled fires. <laughs> uh, this is where Jill, Jill comes home. And again, she's a little distraught from all of this research she's doing on this uh uh, cosmetic surgery stuff and first thing tim says to her did you watch tool time today hey when you were off at work earning a fucking <laughs> living did you watch my show yeah um and then he goes through this whole thing well, of yeah go ahead. well no just i mean to be fair like this is the thing that is different is that she had she didn't see it so instead he has to sum up what he did i think that was one nice touch on the part of the show this idea that jill could not logically have watched tool time yeah. we can't just assume that him saying it on tool time means jill knows but then why do we have to watch it twice <laughs> <laughs> well it's because like it's good for the, jill but bad for us the universe is a cruel place that hates us <laughs> that's why um anyway he goes into the he ritter reiterates all this whole he, he reiterates it <laughs> it's like john ritter <laughs> it would make the show better um uh he reiterates the metaphor about the table and he reveals that uh he's replaced the the kitchen table with this new one uh, this new old one <laughs> uh, that's oiled and ready to go. Jill finds it uh, just very, very beautiful and kind of takes it as a token. It, she she reads between the lines to see what he's really getting at. And... She she pulls out her magnifying glass <laughs> to read between those lines. Like, I really, folks, try this at home. Piss off piss off your significant other by insulting them to the core of their deepest insecurities about how they look. Then get them a new dining room table. <laughs> And say, also say, it expands in the middle just like you, and uh, see how it really goes over. See if that changes everything. To be fair, he does say that's not what he intended, and I will take him on that uh, for superficial level, yeah, okay. uh, that surface level. Um, but it you know, clearly yeah. wasn't great. I completely agree with you, though. Um, and I do think Tim is being very presumptuous in this whole thing of like, you know what, I understand this whole gesture is going to, you know, there's no conversation being had. It's just like... Okay, somewhere along the line, I think I learned a lesson, but, you know, how am I supposed to know what lesson I'm supposed to fucking learn if I haven't talked to the person that I'm actually affecting? Yeah. So, when it comes down to it, Tim's really just comparing Jill to a table. Yep, yep, and that's still, though, probably on the scale of things he's compared women to, not that bad. It's not Bambi the Lamnip. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't really have anything else with this scene. Uh, I think Tim's being presumptuous. Jill is clearly romantic and wants to make things work. She thinks there's some sort of magic to love. I really get that sense in this scene. And Tim is pragmatic and can only move forward once he's learned a practical solution to something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to me, that seems very incompatible. But uh, you know what? I'm a single man, so I can't say much about relationships. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? These two, these two made it work for years and years. These two fake people. Uh Jill made it work for years and years. Tim Jill, exists. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Jill <laughs> is like Tim is the rock, and Jill is trying to you know paint paint it up and make it look nice. <laughs> J Tim is Tim is the pig. Jill is the lipstick being applied to the pig. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Tim is the rock. Jill is what's cooking. <laughs> we go to the. <laughs> well, then it smells like. Well, I mean, what does Jill smell like? I don't know. Flowers, cinnamon. <laughs> Um, 
we go to the stinger where Tim and Mark are playing chess and Tim is thinking really hard uh, for about half an hour to make his move. Mark is getting bored and annoyed. Jill's reading off in the corner um, and he loses and needs to dust. He says, eat my dust and then loses. And then Jill hands him a duster and says, dust my house. <laughs> seems like a joke. It seems like a joke. It looks like a joke. At, at, from, a, from a distance, if you squint, it might look like a joke. <laughs> uh we go to the outtakes where <laughs> al really endears himself to me because he flubs his line the way that i do just normal talking uh he says reburst instead of reimbursed um and so does jill when they're playing uh chess she says oh would you rather you know she makes a joke about playing tic-tac-toe and yeah. she fucks up the line and that's our outtakes yeah uh so in this episode if you wanted to know how many grunts there were. I, I do, because I, I want to bring this up for question. There were four grunts were that there? I counted. Because Tim, when, when Wilson mentions the naked uh, ape theory, mm -hmm. Tim does kind of a lengthy grunt. Now, I'm going to hold you to that. You say a lengthy grunt. And I'm well, going to go back to season one when yes. we were trying to delineate what a grunt is. You specifically laid down the criteria that a grunt is, Huh? Huh? <sighs> there look i heard three individual they were all slurred together but they were all individual attacks it was like <laughs> like okay. it was one two three <laughs> like that okay i could see that because if if you want to go with a car analogy if you're revving the engine <laughs> and, and we do for this show <laughs> if you're revving an engine every time you press down on the pedal then it would do do a rev so exactly. that would be one two three <laughs> makes sense to me all right, you 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 brought me back to your side. That's good. It did not take much. It was just a you know I, when I'm bullshitting my way through a thing like it, <laughs> no no. But this honestly, I did feel comfortable counting yeah. this as four grunts. Yeah, and yeah. they don't call me Landon. Concede Solano for nothing. Um, <laughs> Landon fold Solano. <laughs> uh, so that's our grunt count four. Yes. Okay. Four. Uh, you know, uh, we're, so we're all over the board on grunts. I think we're still going to have fewer grunts this season than last season, though. Well, we still have three more episodes to go. Well, who knows what they'll throw at us. <laughs> more grunts, maybe. Yeah, yeah, or at least more misogyny. Um, do you have anything to promote or go over in this episode, or do we just want to bury this and forget that I, it ever existed? I just need to get started forgetting about this. Yeah, I think that's all <laughs> I've got left. Uh, okay, then uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you really want to help others find the show, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, remember that every time you rate us, your breasts will get a little bit larger, whether you're a man or a woman. <laughs> I gotta remove my rating from our show. Um, yeah, we're going to skew our ratings to exclusively women. Uh, you women, can... you don't need to feel like you need to review our show, though, because you're beautiful the way you are. And, like, I just want you to know that, like, you know, if that's what you want to do, if that's your choice, just don't review our show to try and impress guys. Review our show if or it's girls. what you want. Or, or girls, you know, whatever. You know, it's just do it for you is all I'm saying. I'm sorry, please go on. I know we're trying to end this thing. You can find information about today's show on our website, which is www.orkpodcast.com. <laughs> While you're there, uh, hey, guys, why don't you sign up for our newsletter? D uh, that, that was cool. Like, Drew Carey guest starred for a second there. Hey, guys, Cleveland rocks. <laughs> uh, if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get notified when an episode is released, as well as receive exclusive trivia, the grunt count, 
and a little a little update on what Truman and I are are doing out in the world. Yeah. Only only professionally though. Yeah. Again, again, you don't want to know the personal <laughs> stuff because it's because it's really pretty frightening. Uh, lastly, you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on Twitter or Facebook, which you can find us at Grunt Work Pod. And before we sign off, I want to say that we are heading uh, toward our uh, super spectacular. We're just staring it in the face. So. Um, uh, hit us up on those social media networks or send us an email to info at gruntworkpodcast.com. And what we're going to do, uh, a couple things. I'm going to set out a poll pretty soon here uh, so you guys can rate uh, – or I'm sorry, you can – um, vote to see which episode we'll be doing an interactive commentary on mm-hmm. uh, from this season. Um, but also, we're going to be doing listener questions in kind of a batch. So yeah. um, send us uh, send us your questions. They Co- can be home improvement related or home improvement unrelated. Cook up your best ones. Like, really think about this because you yeah. know, you're only going to get this chance. Anything you want to know about these people uh, that you listen to week in and week out. Yes. Um, just it's a, it's a Reddit ask me anything. Yes, for for with two of the most interesting guys you have ever listened to. <laughs> um, and there was something else I was gonna do for the super spectacular here, and I don't remember what it was. Do you remember what I was gonna say? Bake me cookies. Oh yeah, if you guys want to send us cookies, yes. Um, we will hire a tester to make sure they're not poisoned. Yeah, you never can be too sure these days. <laughs> and no pipe bombs. I know people are doing that a yeah, lot now. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not too soon to joke about that <laughs> attempted assassination. Yeah, no, we're good. Uh, and with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, here on Grunt Work, we love you just the way you are. Aww.